We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. When it comes to investing in innovation, trust the experts. Robo Global provides laser-focused investment portfolios that deliver access to robotics, AI, and healthcare innovation globally. The HTech portfolio captures the technologies transforming the medical space, providing unique exposure to best-in-class companies. Investors, turn to this diversified approach backed by research from the experts. Learn more today at roboglobal.com/htec. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the October 23rd, 2017 edition of the Fantasy Football Report, a Rotoviz podcast brought to you by MyBookie, the official sports book of Rotoviz Radio. I'm Anthony Amico. You can find me on Twitter at Amixta. And my co host is Blair Andrews, who you can follow at MI The Real Blair. Blair, how's it going? It's going pretty well. Um, you know, my DFS lineups are doing pretty good today. I'm hoping for a big game from Tevin Coleman and then. Everything will be awesome. Yeah, I mean, that's cool with me as long as it comes from the armor of Matt Ryan. That's that's, <laughs> that's my big sweat during this game right now. But uh, definitely a good day overall. A lot of really fun football things happened. And we'll get right into the news. Just you and me tonight. Nice classic two-man pod. Uh, item number one, Carson Palmer broke his left arm. Just another major quarterback injury over the last couple of weeks. Uh, he's going to need surgery. Expected to miss about eight weeks. Simply put, what does Palmer's injury and Drew Stanton replacing him do to this Arizona offense? Yeah, it's kind of hard to say. This was a really weird game. I mean, maybe we saw what it does to the offense. They were not able to score a single point. Part of that might have been traveling to London. Um, but you know, it's kind of hard to get a read on Stanton, I guess. The last time we saw him get any significant playing time was in 2014, and he was kind of uh, kind of meh, but 
He only was asked to throw the ball about 30 times or so. I saw before the game that Bruce Arian said he hoped to get Adrian Peterson 25 carries or something, which is weird to hear from Arians, but I guess that might be their plan going forward. Yeah, that was definitely the first thing I thought about was that this is this might very quickly become Adrian Peterson's offense. I know that he didn't have a great game today, but I don't know. I think the travel probably affects older players a little bit more. He still looked pretty good. I don't know how much of the game you watched, but he still looks pretty explosive. I, I, I like can't get over the I, like, I feel like every year there's like some weird narrative about Adrian Peterson being a freak show and. I'm always just like, no, like, you know, like eventually the age has got to get to him, you know, but he really is just like an alien. Um, so that, that's kind of my first takeaway is that I think, I think if you bought Adrian Peterson last week or two weeks ago, this is probably good for you. Uh, but I also do think that Drew Stanton is probably above average as a backup quarterback, even if he's not that good. So he can still get the ball out there. I think that he can still get the ball to fits, obviously in the short stuff, but he can throw the ball down the field. I think that like guys like John Brown, J.J. Nelson, Jerome Brown, they'll still be able to do some things on those deep passes. So I don't know. I, I think I think that this is obviously a, a minus for the offense, but I'm not sure that it's as big of a minus as we maybe would have thought heading into the season. Yeah, that could be. Um, you know, the Cardinals have been kind of a disappointing team the whole season. Uh, you know, basically, their last game against Tampa Bay was the only one they've played where I thought their offense really looked good, like it was working the way they wanted it to. Um, so I guess I'm kind of expecting more struggles going forward. So Stan might not be that much of a downgrade just based on how how poorly the Cardinals were playing before, but I'm also probably not as bullish on Peterson as you sound. But uh, yeah, like you said, I mean, we've seen him do kind of insane things before when everyone was counting him out, so it wouldn't we shouldn't be that surprised, I guess, if he does end up playing well. All right, next news item. Aaron Jones outtouched Ty Montgomery today 20-5 to and outgained him 138-15. to uh, Tymo is still probably dealing with his rib injury, but is this backfield clearly Jones to lose at this point? I kind of think it is. I mean, Aaron Jones has been awesome. There's no, there's no other way to put it. And I know that uh, Montgomery himself was performing really, really well in this offense before he was injured. But what Jones has been able to do has been pretty impressive. He averaged almost eight yards per carry today against the Saints, 17 for 131. You know that he is an effective receiver as well. I definitely think that the rib injury is a factor here, but I don't think that it is a tremendous factor. And I think that Jones has so much momentum going right now, two 100-yard games in the last three weeks uh, that, at the least, he is going to, I think, lead this committee going forward. I think we could definitely see Montgomery doing, uh, you know, probably a lot more of the third down stuff. I think he'll still mix in, obviously, on first and second down. But overall, I think that if you bought Jones early, you are feeling very, very good right now. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I think there's no question Jones is outplaying Montgomery. Uh, I mean, Montgomery, on the season, he's... Never rushed for more than 54 yards in a game. Aaron Jones had that today on basically one play. So um, I think the way he's playing, it would just, uh, you know, you'd kind of be stupid to take him out if you're Green Bay. Just uh, keep him in there until, I don't know, until something changes. Um, yeah, I mean, the touch distribution here doesn't even tell 
the whole story. I think Aaron Jones also outsnapped Ty Montgomery 44-7 to or something like that. Like, uh, Montgomery just was a non-factor. And maybe it's the ribs, but I don't know. I think just with the way Jones has been playing, Montgomery might not have much of a job left. Yeah, and I think ultimately, right, like if you're a coach and you have two players that you think are pretty good, just play the guy that doesn't have broken ribs, right? (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Uh, Before we get into no shit, shit, no, I just want to take a moment to talk about my bookie. I absolutely love sports betting. There's no site that I trust more than mybookie.ag. Mybookie has in-game live betting and the most rewarding player perks in the business. And listen, the mobile capabilities on most sports books are terrible. I cannot tell you how many wagers I've missed out on due to slow site loading speeds and an impossible to figure out site layout. MyBookie's all-new mobile site allows me to easily make wagers while out with friends and from the comfort of my own couch while watching the games. Join now and MyBookie will match your deposit up to a 100% bonus as well as give you $25 free in casino chips. Just use promo code ROTOREPORT to activate this special offer. Visit MyBookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid, mybookie.ag. Now let's get into no shit, shit, no. First item this week, Travis Benjamin took his only target, 42 yards, to the house. He also returned a punt for a score in the Chargers' Week 7 win over the Broncos. So I'm going to call this a no shit, uh, and not in the sense that we should expect Benjamin to score two touchdowns every game, but in the sense that if he's going to be productive, it's going to have to be, it's going to have to come like this on one target or on a punt return touchdown because he's just not a central part of uh, the Chargers offense at this point. Jarvis Landry turned 11 targets into seven catches for 93 yards and a touchdown Sunday in the Dolphins week seven win over the Jets. No shit. Landry has been a complete target hog with Devontae Parker out. Uh, you know, the transition from Jay Cutler to Matt Moore, which we'll have to talk about in a little bit has not changed his outlook. He is just absolutely gobbling up the usage right now. Michael Thomas caught 7 of 11 targets for 82 yards in the Saints' Week 7 win over the Packers. Yeah, this is a no shit. I mean, Willie Sneed was out, and the Saints have earlier in the game were trying to play a little bit of catch-up anyway. I was actually surprised Thomas didn't get more targets, but um, he's a beast, and uh, he should expect, you know, if you own him, you should expect this kind of stat line going forward, hopefully with a touchdown in the future. Eric Decker failed to catch a pass on two targets in Sunday's Week 7 win over the Browns. I'm going to say shit no. The whole offense for Tennessee really played poorly today. This is only the second time all year that Decker has had less than five targets in a game. Ted Ginn caught all seven of his targets for 141 yards in the Saints' Week 7 win over the Packers. This is a shit no, even though this is kind of the what we had hoped for Ted Ginn going into the season, that he would kind of step into the Brandon Cooks role. He just has not been getting the targets. Um, before today, they haven't really shown any intention of using him. Uh, so even not only the efficiency is unsustainable, but even probably the opportunity, I think, especially with Willie Sneed coming back. Cooper Cup caught 4 of 10 targets for 51 yards and one touchdown in the Rams' Week 7 win over the Cardinals. Yeah, I think this is a no-shit. Cooper Cup has been the preferred target for Jared Goff this season. He trusts him a lot. He's, I, he throws him a lot of balls in the red zone. So, you know, I think that catch percentage could probably be a little bit higher. But overall, this is about what I would expect from Cup. Alvin Kamara carried the ball nine times for 57 yards in the Saints' Week 7 win over the Packers. He also had five receptions for 50 additional yards. No shit. 
Alan Kamara is, uh, he's great, and he should be getting more opportunity, I think, in this backfield. He actually did out-snap Ingram in this game. Uh, well, Ingram had a good game, too, but yeah, I love Kamara. I think he should be, he should be getting more work. Duke Johnson caught six of seven targets for 45 yards with seven carries for 26 yards on the ground in Sunday's Week 7 loss to the Titans. No shit. I think that about seven targets and seven carries, seven to ten carries, is probably what we should expect from Duke Johnson going forward, um, especially with Cody Kessler now coming in at QB. I think that that probably increases his target floor. I think he has a lot of safety in PPR leagues right now. T.Y. Hilton caught just two of eight targets for 27 yards in Week 7 against Jacksonville. Yeah, I mean, in a way, we should have probably expected this against the Jaguars secondary, and with Brissett throwing to him, he's just kind of been hit or miss this whole season, so it's not necessarily that uh, you should expect two of eight targets for 27 yards in every game, but he's going to have these kind of highs and lows throughout the whole season as long as Brissett is the quarterback, which may be the entire season now, so uh, kind of a no-shit, I guess. Deshaun Jackson caught five of eight targets for 73 yards in the Bucks' Week 7 loss to the Bills. No shit. I think this is about right in terms of the usage for Jackson. Uh, you know, whether or not he scores is really the only thing that I think is like a weekly question mark. But if the Bucks are throwing the ball, Jackson is going to be heavily involved. O.J. Howard cuts all six of his targets for 98 yards and two touchdowns in the Bucks' Week 7 loss to the Bills. I really want to say no shit to this one. Uh, I mean, he's obviously super talented. Uh, and, you know, he showed that today. But Cameron Braid is still there, still probably getting uh, more of the work. Uh, although maybe this is a, maybe this signals a change toward more, more OJ Howard, which I'm all for. Todd Gurley rushed 22 times for 106 yards and one touchdown in the Rams' 33 0 Week 7 win over the Cardinals. No shit, Gurley is back. This offense has been completely rejuvenated under McVeigh. And we know that Gurley is just going to be a volume hog most weeks. So this is this is about what we should expect. TJ Yeldon had nine carries for 122 yards and a touchdown in week seven against the Colts. Shit, no. I, uh, Yeldon is not very good, I don't think. And this was kind of a fluky game. Uh, really should have been Ivory's touches, right? LaShawn McCoy rushed 23 times for 91 yards and two touchdowns and caught five of seven targets for 31 yards in the Bills' Week 7 win over the Bucks. No shit. I mean, Shady has obviously been rushing the ball a ton this season, but he's also been the lead target getter for Buffalo. He hadn't scored a touchdown yet going into this game. That was really just a matter of time, and the matchup was pretty good, so no shit. Latavius Murray carried the ball 18 times for 113 yards and one touchdown in the Vikings' Week 7 win over the Ravens. Uh, I mean, shit, no, in that we can't expect Latavius Murray to get going like this every game, but it's really not that surprising to see the Vikings, you know, one day lean on, on McKinnon and then go back to Murray, and it's just really frustrating. So, I mean, I don't know. This is shit, no, for Murray, but, um, you know, it's kind of more of the same for the Vikings. Ezekiel Elliott rushed 26 times for 147 yards and two touchdowns in the Cowboys' Week 7 win over the 49ers, adding a 72-yard touchdown reception. No shit. I mean, obviously, you know, 225-ish yards of total offense probably isn't what we should expect most weeks, but I do think that Zeke is obviously going to 
carry the ball a ton. He's going to be active in the passing game, and this matchup was perfect for him. Melvin Gordon rushed the ball 18 times for 38 yards and caught one of four targets for six yards in the Chargers' Week 7 win over the Broncos. Shit, no. Melvin Gordon uh, is, you know, he's getting all the opportunity of elite backs in in uh, this offense. It was a tough matchup against the Broncos, although we've seen other teams run over them before. Uh, but I think Melvin Gordon should bounce back soon and have uh, have a game more like what we've seen from him recently. Le'Veon Bell rushed 35 times for 134 yards while catching three passes for 58 yards in the Steelers' Week 7 win over the Bengals. Yeah, no shit. I mean, this is just what Le'Veon Bell does. He's had over 30 attempts in three of his last four games, at least 25 touches in four straight. He is just the biggest workhorse in football right now. Marquise Goodwin caught four of eight targets for 80 yards in the 49ers' Week 7 loss to the Cowboys. Uh, this is a shit no for me. Um, I think Goodwin probably can't count on seeing eight targets on a normal week. Uh, you know, this was one where the Cowboys were losing by a lot for most of the game and had to throw a lot more than they wanted to, I think. So I don't see this kind of volume for Goodwin every week. Des Bryant caught seven of 10 targets for 63 yards and a touchdown in the Cowboys week seven win over the 49ers. I actually think that this is a shit no. I mean, this is not, I mean, I guess it's a no shit. This is like not a crazy game for, for Des. This is about what he's been, but like the, the blow up games haven't really been there. So this is about right. I mean, expect like the 15 PPR points a week kind of thing from Des, but uh, the 25 point games really haven't been there for him. Fantasy football fans, listen up. If you love fantasy football, then you need to try my new favorite app that's draft. Here's how it works. You do a draft. It lasts for just one week. There is no management. Just set it and forget it. Once you're done drafting, that's it. No trades. No waiver wire. Draft even takes care of last-minute injuries for you. Drafts start every couple of minutes, so you can join one right now. And the best part, play for cold, hard cash. Drafts start from just $1. So there are drafts for everyone. No salary caps. Play in a real live snake draft, just like you would with your friends in a season-long league. Come and join me on Draft today. Download the Draft app at any time. Just search Draft in your app store and join a game in minutes or play right from your computer on PlayDraft.com, whatever you want. For a limited time only, all new players get a free entry into a draft when you make your first deposit, but you have to use the promo code RVRADIO. That's right. Play a real money game for free just for using the promo code RV Radio on your first deposit on Draft. Just search Draft in the App Store or go to PlayDraft.com and come play free with the promo code RV Radio. Now let's get into a couple more regular news items to wrap up the show. As I alluded to earlier, the Browns replaced Deshaun Kaiser with Cody Kessler in the third quarter. He went on to complete 10 of 19 passes for 121 yards and an interception in week seven against the Titans. Uh, so Blair Cleveland is now on their third different starting quarterback this year. What do you make of Kessler and can he make this offense productive? Yeah, you know, I actually liked Kessler coming into the season. I thought he probably was uh, maybe their best, best quarterback going into the season. I expected him to start for a lot of the off season uh, and I was really puzzled that it took them so long to finally get him in the game. Um, you know, he didn't play that well today, but 
the Browns did almost win. They actually went into overtime. So <laughs> there's something to be said for that, I guess. Uh, so yeah, I mean, last season we saw him be, mm, the offense was semi-productive, although they weren't winning then either. But, um, I don't think Kessler is a downgrade from what they've had at quarterback. In fact, I think he might be an upgrade. I think he's definitely an upgrade. I mean, Kaiser, does he still lead the league in interceptions? I think he probably has to, right? <laughs> probably, yeah. Like, what he's doing right now for the offense is just absolutely killer. Kevin Hogan just isn't that good, you know, not meant to be a starter. But I do think that there's some upside with Kessler. I thought that he deserved a shot heading into this season. Hugh Jackson just completely buried him in the depth chart. I feel like that's size-related. I don't know. Like Kessler's a little on the smaller side. He did get hurt a couple times last year. So maybe there was some bias there with, with Hugh Jackson. But I think that Kessler is actually pretty good, and he can get the ball out to his Weapons, probably the best out of all these guys, just from an accuracy standpoint. So I really like what this does for Duke Johnson. I think that if there's any hope for Kenny Britt, it definitely comes with Kessler. So uh, I'm cautiously optimistic here. I mean, the Browns are going to continue to lose games, but I do think that they will score a little more effectively. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense, I guess, going into the season, if you are not expecting to be good, to kind of see what you have with your new rookie quarterback. Um Maybe he'll surprise you, but just the Kaiser experiment has not worked out. So I'm, I I agree. It's more, you know, been too long that Kessler's been on the bench when, yeah, like I said, he wasn't bad, I thought, last year, um, even though they didn't win a lot. But so, yeah, I agree. I'm, I'm hopeful. Um, we saw them almost get the win today, like I said, so hopefully they'll get one, get one coming up soon. All right, final news item of the night. ESPN's Adam Schefter reports the Dolphins believe Jay Cutler suffered two cracked ribs against the Jets and will be sidelined two to three weeks. So this is a relatively short injury stint, but do you think Matt Moore can take this job and run away with it? And what will the offense look like under him? Yeah, I really liked what the Dolphins were doing last year towards the end of the season under Matt Moore. I think that he probably is an upgrade. Like, you know, you brought Jay Cutler out of retirement. You paid him a ton of money. There's really no way to get away from playing him this season. But if you look at kind of what the offense has been under Matt Moore, it's been, you know, decent, I think, over the last two seasons. I think that Moore is acceptable. I mean, if you just look at their splits uh, in terms of points per drive, 1.96 with him, 1.51. Without him, uh, their Pythagorean wins expectation is about eight and a half wins over a full season with him, 6.7 wins without him. So I do think that, you know, obviously there's some other factors going into that, like the quality of the defense and the quality of, uh, you know, their opponents over that time frame. Uh, you know, and it is a small sample, but I think that Matt Moore has upside here in terms of what they can do offensively. He's certainly going to keep feeding Jarvis Landry, but we saw today already what he was able to do with a guy like Kenny Stills uh, leading him to a big day, I do think that Moore is, you know, while Cutler gets, I think, the um, you know, like the reputation for being the gunslinger and, and going downfield and all that stuff, I think that Matt Moore might actually be able to do it. And from that perspective, I think that that is a net positive for all the pass catchers. Yeah, I agree. Like <clears throat> like in Cleveland, this is kind of an addition by subtraction situation. Um, you know, going into the season, I think there were already questions about whether Cutler was even a better quarterback than Matt Moore or whether he would be able to do anything for the Dolphins that Matt Moore couldn't have already done. And I think 
this game kind of showed that he really can't. I mean, he's been bad the entire season, pretty much up till now. Like, he had two touchdowns today. That was probably his best game. Uh, but Matt Moore was even better. So, yeah, I agree. I think this is a this is also an upgrade in a way. Uh, not a huge upgrade, obviously. It's still kind of backup quality QB. But uh, um, I'm hopeful. I think the team still probably will would like to feed Ajayi as much as possible, and there'll be a run first team if they can. But uh, yeah, Matt Moore showed he can move the ball, so there's something to be said for that. Yeah, I totally agree. And I mean, like, if we were ranking backup quarterbacks, like, this is kind of an on-the-spot question. It's a little <laughs> obscure. But, like, how many backup quarterbacks would you have taken over Matt Moore, like, heading into the season? I don't really think that there would be many. Like, I don't know if I could name five that I would rather have had. Yeah, yeah, that would be a tough call. I don't know my backup quarterbacks well enough, not enough to QB leagues. But it would be hard for me to name more than a handful. Totally agree, and I, you know that's really the point that we're making here. Right. Uh, so that's good. that's going to do it for this edition of the Fantasy Football Report. Uh, you know, make sure you get that thirty percent discount for subscribing to Rotoviz through the Rotoviz Radio channel, rotoviz.com/podcast. It also helps us if you rate and review the show. You can find us along with the rest of the Rotoviz shows under the Rotoviz Radio feed on your favorite po- favorite podcast app. Uh, we also have our individual feed just for this show. Just search for Fantasy Football Report on iTunes, whatever podcast app you use, subscribe, and leave us a rating and review. For Blair Andrews, I'm Anthony Amico. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to the Rotoviz Report, powered by Rotoviz Radio. Please review the podcast on iTunes under the Rotoviz Radio feed, and be sure to contact us via email at rotovizradio at gmail.com. We'd love to hear your thoughts on the show. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio, and remember, you can always support the show by subscribing to Rotoviz at a 30% discount through the NFL Podcast homepage, rotoviz.com slash podcast. Geico presents oh, yet another voicemail from your roommate. Hi. So, about the kitchen. Turns out when there's a grease fire, you're not supposed to throw water on it. <laughs> Who would have known, right? Anyways, the fire department is here and it's totally cool. Give me a call back when you get a chance. The Geico Insurance Agency could help keep your personal property protected, like if danger is your roommate's middle name. Visit geico.com to see how easy it is to switch and save on renter's insurance. They call you the grill master. You've seared the thickest porterhouse in the butcher shop. And as you lift that first forkful to your mouth, you savor the moment. To get amazing offers during the Mercedes-Benz summer event, like the 2019 C-Class sedan and GLC SUV, the perfect recipes of driving performance. Plus, you can enjoy six months of Sirius XM All Access included. The Mercedes-Benz summer event, now serving limited-time offers on a select lineup of vehicles. Offers end September 3rd. Mercedes-Benz, the best or nothing. Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. 
most reliable based on rankings from Rootmetrics second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement.